Well, good morning. It is great to see you. I am so glad to be back. Thank you to the church for letting us have a Sunday off. I, I know that Leighton Flowers was here last week, and I know he did a great job for us. And I just want to say thank you for allowing us to have a, some time off. We went up to uh, see Jamie's family up in Oklahoma. We got to see them and got to uh, hang out with them, have Christmas with them, and what a great joy it was for that. And then after that, we decided to to uh, enjoy some colder weather because it wasn't cold enough. So we decided to go up to Colorado, and we hung out up in Colorado for a few days and uh, got to play on, in the snow. We, we did the snow skiing and we all came back in one piece. So that's a successful ski trip. So, you know, that's very good. And so it, it is just great to be back here with you today. Now, if you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 14 is where we're going to be going. Luke chapter 14. All right. Luke chapter 14. Now, Today is the first Sunday in January, and we're glad to, to be able to come and worship. And as we, we come to this point, um, let me ask you this question. How many of you are planners? You like to plan things out, details you like planning. Okay, fantastic. You will like this message. How many of you can't stand planning? You don't like to plan? Raise your hand. You will not like this message. Let's just get it out there. That's just how it's going to be. It's just one of those things. Now, I understand that as we get to a point, especially at a new year or even as we begin to get to different phases in our life, as we get to a point like, say, the fall, when school's starting back, we begin to kind of relook at our lives. At the time, at the new years, we begin to look at our lives and we begin to plan out and say, okay, where's my life? How am I doing? How am I not doing? We began to look at our lives, evaluate, and then we began to look forward. Even when you get to maybe, you know, an old age, like Ryan said, 25, you start reevaluating your life and you're wondering if it, this is as good as it gets. Uh, maybe it's at 40 for you, or maybe it was at 50 or 60 or 70. I don't know what it is, but we began to reevaluate. We began to look, and there are different seasons in our life when we do that. And we're kind of at a point where we reevaluate, see how we're doing. And I read this article and it, it talked about the top 10 things that people began to usually make some kind of uh, goal or resolution on. And so here's the, here are the top 10. I'm going to start at 10 and go all the way down. So maybe you made one of these. You ready? Spend more time with family. That was number 10. Number nine, fall in love. Now, if you're already married, you just make sure you fall in love with your spouse again. All right? So don't, don't get confused on that one. How about help others on their dreams? Quit smoking is number seven. Number six, learn something exciting. Number five, staying fit and healthy. Enjoy life to the fullest is number four. Number three, spend less, save more. And that's always coming after Christmas and the guilt that we have in spending, isn't it? All right, number two is this, get organized. Anybody, that's your goal and get organized? All right, good. Number one, here's the number one goal uh, this year is to actually lose weight. That seems to be the number one goal. All right. So I don't know what it is that you shoot for and what you're, you're looking at uh, creating and, and setting up in your life, but I know this is a time in the year when many people begin to look at their life. Now, here's what I want to make sure we're very clear on. My goal is not to help you help yourself. I'm not just doing some kind of self-help message today. What I want to do is this, is I want to challenge you and I want to maybe encourage you to look at your spiritual journey, your faith walk. How are you doing where you're at? I want to challenge your spiritual journey today. That's what I want to do. I don't want to just do some kind of self-help, give you a new goal and help you create goals. That's not what I'm trying to do. I want to help you on your spiritual journey. One of the, the goals that we have as a church is we want to help people on their faith journey, their spiritual journey. We want them to have an authentic faith journey rooted in truth. We want to help you wherever you're at. Now, when we talk spiritual journeys, here's the problem. 
There are some who are going to be way over here who are saying, man, I am sold out. I've got it. I'm as close to God as I, you know, I want to be. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited where I'm at, where God, God and I were buddies, we're close. Then there's going to be the others who are over on this other side over here who are going, I'm not even sure I believe that there is a God. I'm kind of skeptical. I don't even know why I'm in church today. So this is kind of hard for me to actually hear about God and setting spiritual journey. So you're saying, I'm not really for sure where I'm at with God. So is God here? And this is where you're at today. And then there's others who are maybe more in the middle. You're here. That's good. And you're at a point where you're saying, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing okay on my spiritual. I'm just, I'm here. I've been to church for a while. I've been coming back to church. I'm just kind of right here in the middle. And for you, you're just kind of on the fence. I'm not really fully full on and I'm not really fully against God. I'm just kind of here. And here's what we want to do. I believe that God has a next step in your faith walk this year for you. I believe God wants you to take one more step closer to him this year. And here's what it's going to be. It's going to be different for you as it is for me. And it's going to be different than anybody else in the room. God has a place for you to go. And here's the point. You ready? You have as much of God as you want at this moment. Rewind. That was a good one. That was a good place to say amen. All right. Let me help you. All right. You ready? You have as much of God as you want at this moment. That's, that's just a fact. It's a true statement because the Bible tells us if we draw near to God, God will do what? So if we're walking with God and if we're saying at this point, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of here or even if we're over here or if we're even over on the other side, the point is this, that God has a movement for you. God has a step that he's wanting you to take. I don't know what it is, but what we want to do today is we want to make sure that we challenge the idea that God has something for you to step into this year this next movement. Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, Jesus is speaking and he's laying out the cost of discipleship. It's a passage that we've kind of looked at a little bit in Matthew. Now here's the counterpart in Luke. And so as we look at this today, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to look at a small part of the passage where I'm going to read the whole passage. Then we're just going to hone in on a couple sentences and then we're going to draw some points out of it. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 14, would you please stand for the reading of God's word? Go all the way down to verse 25, if you will. Verse 25. Here's what the Bible says. Now, great crowds accompanied him, that's Jesus. And he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, and all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple." 
Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your blessings and I thank you for your goodness. God, today, as we look into your word, I pray that you would challenge each of us. You have a next step. You have a movement that you are asking for us. God, I pray that you would encourage us. Would you sharpen us? Would you show us where you're wanting us to go? What the next step will be? And God, I pray that you would move in a way today that only you can. We want to hear from you. So we pray for your freedom, that your Holy Spirit would have freedom to move and and work. We pray that you would give us the ears to hear. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you, may be seated. All right, let's get started here. Go all the way down, if you would. I'm just gonna focus in on verse 28. Here's what it says. For which of you desiring to build a tower? Now, Jesus is in the midst of talking about discipleship and how much it's gonna cost and what it's gonna look like. And he asks the question, which of you desiring to build a tower? Now, if you desire to build a tower, you actually have to have a plan and you have to know what you're actually gonna build. So here's my first point and here's what we need to first realize. What is the destination that God is calling you to this year? What is it that God is wanting to work in your life? What is the tower you're called to build this year? If I was going to go to a certain destination, what I have to do is, first of all, find the roads that lead to that destination. This is very simple, very crude, but let's make sure we understand the point. If I want to go to the East Coast, I can take I-20, and as long as I go the correct direction, I will end up on the East Coast. What way do I have to go? Man, that's not rocket science, people. You're gonna have to be a little quicker than that. You have to go east on I-20, right? And I can go all the way to the east coast. Now, if I wanna go to the west coast, I-20 will help me as well, as long as I go in which direction? Good job, all right. Now, if I want to go north to Chicago, can I get there from I-20? No, it doesn't work. I have to get on the right road to actually get to the right destination. So before we even get started on even going to the right destination, we need to know what God is calling us to do. We need to know what God is asking us to do. What is your step? And the reality is this, your step is different than mine. Your step could even be different than your spouse's. Your step could even be different than what God is calling your kids to. Are you following this? What is God calling you to do? Now, when we start talking goals and when we start talking what is God wanting us to do and looking at it, now I read a a journal, the Journal of Psychology. Now, that was this year, published this year. Here's what they actually said. There was a study by the Scranton University and the Scranton University actually decided and looked at and it said this, 38% of people absolutely never make a New Year's resolution. So here's what it means. There's a good chance that almost 40% of you in here are going, there's not a chance I'm doing this today. That's not very good odds, is it? 40%. So here's what I want to do. I want to make sure we understand why you need to be looking at this. The same journal said this. When you actually set a goal, you're 10 times more likely to achieve it than those who don't set a goal at all. If you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. That's pretty good, isn't it? 
You aim at nothing, you hit it, hit it every time. What God is doing though is this. If you are a believer, even if you are all the way on this side and you're not even a believer yet, but you're here, the reality is you are here not because it was just some random accident. You're here because God wants to actually work in your life and God is working in your life. God has a place and a movement that he wants in your life this year. He has a step that he's asking you to take. Now, just in order to help make sure we begin to flesh this out, to help you, I've put in the bulletin today, we had put in the bulletin today, your spiritual journey. Would you take this out? Would you take this piece of paper out, the spiritual journey? Now, you will notice as we go through it, at the end of every statement, there's three little letters, E-T-C, period. That means et cetera. So here's what I wanna make sure we're very clear of. This is a running start. There's a good chance what God is speaking to you about might not even be on this list, okay? But what I'm wanting to do is as I read through this, I want you to be sensitive enough to say, God, over the next couple minutes, I'm willing to listen to you and whatever you begin to work in my life about, I'm willing to work on. Would you do that? Over the next minute, over the next two minutes, as I begin to read this list, would you actually say right now, in your own mind, God can hear you, God can hear everyone praying at the same time. Would you say, God, I give you permission to show me an area in my spiritual life that you wanna work on? It's a good challenge. You ready? Let's walk through it. Maybe it's patiently worship, or passionately worshiping. Maybe this is where God is wanting to work in your life. It could be on your faith journey. Maybe it's about prayer. Maybe it's that you, this year, God is wanting to call you to actually more times of prayer, more than just praying at dinner or supper. Maybe God is actually calling you this year to actually spend time in the morning or the evening in uninterrupted prayer. What would it look like? What is it maybe taking the next step of obedience? For some of us, the next step of obedience could be as simple as saying yes to salvation. For some, it could be baptism. You've been putting off baptism because you're kind of nervous about getting into the water and you're, you're, you're afraid of that next step. It could be church membership. It could be, ready for this, getting rid of the bitterness in your heart against somebody else. The anger that you have. Your short temper it could be that you actually, your next step of obedience is actually breaking negative habits. Those negative habits that begin to hinder your spiritual walk. We have here at the church, we have a, a group called Celebrate Recovery. It meets every week. And what Celebrate Recovery does is help you walk through things that are actually hindering your spiritual walk. It could be pride and arrogance that God's calling you to actually see broken this year. It could be lust, coveting, selfishness, greed, breaking those negative habits, saying, okay, God, this is where I need to work, and I know you're calling me to work in this area this year. It could be trusting God. There's a good chance that in this room, as you look to a new year, and as you look over what's fixing to happen in your life, you don't see an exciting year. You're not seeing babies coming. You're not seeing marriage. You're not seeing all the fun. You actually are seeing trials. 
you're in the midst of a trial and you see that it actually might get worse before it gets better and it might not even get better for you. You might be in the middle of a rocky marriage, a divorce. You might be headed towards a great sickness and you're right there in the middle of it. So maybe what God is calling you to do is to trust him. And it might be that God is saying, in the midst of this storm, I've got you and I'm ready for you to actually take the next step and trust me, even though you don't understand what's going on. What's your next step? Maybe it's a biblical route. Maybe you need to actually have more personal time in the Bible. Some of you, you say, yes, you trust God. Yes, you believe in God, but you've never read through the Bible at all. Maybe this year is the year that God is saying, it's time for you to get in my word. Maybe this is the year that you actually say, I'm going to read three chapters a day. Three chapters a day gets you through the entire Bible in a year. Maybe it's okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to read New Testament. I'm going to start in the New Testament. If you have a phone, you can get on um, Version. There's an app called Version, and it gives you all kinds of Bible reading plans on your phone or your iPad. What is God calling you to do in your Bible time? Maybe it's to actually meet with others and study. Maybe you actually are going to just gather in corporate worship. For you to get to church more than five times a year, maybe that's a challenge for you. Maybe that's going to be a huge step. Maybe for some of you, you're going to say, okay, I'm going to at least make it half the time to church this year. I'm going to make it more than once a month. The average church member in America goes to church once a month. Isn't that interesting? Maybe it's, that's your goal this year. I'm going to go two, three, four times a month. I'm going to try something new this year. Maybe I'm going to buy some resources to help know and understand the Bible a little bit more. Living in biblical community. Authentic community. That means I'm going to start looking for ways that I can care for others. Opening my life to others. Challenging others in their faith walk. Allowing them to challenge my faith walk. A few years ago, I was in my mid-20s. 25, 26. And I was, this is what God would call, was calling me to do that year. And I said, okay, I asked a friend. I invited him to come into my life. I said, hey, you're good at walking with people. You're good at sharing your life and allowing people to walk in your life and ask you questions. And I'm terrible at it. So I said, I, here's what I need. I need you to walk with me. Would you do that? Share with me, help me to understand how to have this authentic community where I'm being real with you and you're being real with me. Would you work with me? He said, sure. So we started walking together. And he was sharing his life, and he said, Heath, you got a problem. You're not sharing your life yet. And I said, I'm okay. No, that's not part of the deal. You're supposed to share your life, and so we keep walking. And then there were points in time where I had to share things. Ugh. It was tough. And then I began to understand, okay, when I actually share what I'm struggling with, I now have a prayer partner who's actually helping me stay accountable, and he began to grow. And before long, it became a blessing in my life. I grew and understood authentic community. Family connections. Maybe God is calling you this year. This is the area you need to work on. Maybe it's learning how to courageously love your spouse even when they don't deserve it, right? There are gonna be moments and times your spouse doesn't deserve your love. There are gonna be times in which you're going, oh, I can't believe I have to put up with you. Maybe God is saying this is the year you're gonna learn to love unconditionally. You're going to learn to sacrifice and love them like Jesus loves. Maybe it's 
This year I'm going to engage my children like I've never engaged them before. We're actually going to pray three times a week together as a family. We're going to actually read the Bible together. We're going to study the Bible together. We're going to actually have the family devotions. I'm going to engage my kids in what's going on in their life. Maybe this is the year that you say, I need to honor my parents. Whether you're a teenager, college student, or even if you're already married and out of the home, as long as your parents are alive, you're still called to honor. Maybe it's the grandparents. Maybe for you, this is the year that you begin to mentor the next generations under you. And you begin to actually invest in those grandchildren, not just for fun, but you begin to pour into their lives. What about sacrificing for God's mission? Where you begin to look for local opportunities to make a difference. I have here the global impact. They're helping us in January, January, Saturday, January the 19th. They're going over to a local inner city ministry to help feed the underprivileged. If you are interested, January the 19th, if you show up here at 930, if you show up here at 930, you can go down and help feed um, some of those who are needing help. Maybe you look for other local opportunities in which you begin to share. Here's one. Looking, when you're talking about local surrendering, maybe God's calling you this year to actually take the Oaks Lived Out Challenge, where you look for four people, where you look for four people who are unchurched or away from church, and you begin to invest in them, and you begin to pray for them, four people. You put them on your list, you put them on your cart, you begin to pray for them. You say, God, give me an opportunity this year to speak you and speak God and bring God into the conversation. Give me an opportunity to invite them to know Jesus. Give me an opportunity to invite them to church. If you're a middle-of-the-road Christian, one of the greatest things for your faith is to actually ask God to help you share with four people. It will begin to stretch your faith. Why? Because now you actually have to talk about God. There's a good chance some of you have never even told your coworkers or your peers at school that you are a Christian, that you go to church. It'll stretch your faith. What about the next one? Global engaging. Maybe God's calling you to look for ways to serve the outcasts, the poor, widows, orphans, could it be through prayer, maybe physically going or supporting others? Maybe for the first time you go on a mission trip overseas. Maybe for the first time God actually calls you to give some of your finances to actually support missions like you've never supported them before. Maybe God's calling you to do something different, extravagantly serving, where you begin to selflessly live, becoming financially generous. There's a good chance some of you, what God is asking you to do this year is to get your finances in order. Maybe using financial peace, get your finances in order and get to a point where you're actually tithing, you're giving the 10%. It'd be a huge start for some. For some, that's gonna be a major stretch. For some, you're going, I can't do 10%, so I'm just not gonna do anything at all. But maybe what God's saying is, hey, move to the 5% mark, get somewhere, start moving, start giving, start doing something with your life. Financial generosity to the church. Maybe it's generosity to others. A few years ago, I was around 28, 29, and God was calling me to work on the generosity. You see, generosity for the church was easy. Man, I had given the 10% 
to the church all my life. I'd given the five extra percent to, to missions. I'd given even up to 10% additional. I even at some points were given 10% to tithing, 10% to missions, and another 10% on top of that to the building campaign, all with making less than $50,000 a year, and Jamie not even working because she was staying home with the kids. We were at a point where we were giving. And I, I was like, hey, this is easy. I can do this. Giving to the church is easy. And then God said, no, you need to understand generosity. What do you mean? That's generous, right? And God said, no, Heath, you need to learn how to give to others. Whoa. So I asked Jamie to partner with me on this one. I said, Jamie, you're good at this. You see the needs of others. You catch it. This is good. So here's the deal. God wants me to work on this. So Jamie, you have freedom. Anytime you see somebody in need, we're gonna give to them. And I will do it, ready for this, happily. That was a stretch. It's hard. Because the next thing you know, she's like, are you sure? I mean, she argued with me for me. She goes, Heath, I don't really wanna do this. This doesn't sound like fun for me. And I said, Jamie, I, I know this is what I need to do. I need to work on this. This is what God's calling me to. okay. You, you promise you're not gonna get mad. No, I promise I'm gonna be happy. First, next thing, we're, we're at a restaurant and we need, to give to, we need to take care of their meal. Are you kidding me? There's five people in that family. Couldn't you pick one person? I mean, that's a lot easier, right? And then we start moving and it starts going. And by the end of the year, guess what I was doing? I was the one excited to be giving. I said, Jamie, we need to give to them. And she was going, I don't think we need to give anymore. I think we're good. And I started getting, I started growing because I invited her into my journey with me on this. Maybe it's giving of my time to help others. Maybe for some of you, the stretch will be for you to actually volunteer and serve. To actually serve the church, to serve this local body and what we're trying to do here. Maybe that's the stretch for you. It could be intentionally leaving a legacy. Well, I'm gonna to begin to mentor the next generation where I invite someone to serve with me and then I replace myself in ministry. Church, I don't know what God's calling you to. I don't know what your building is and what your tower is. I don't know what your destination is. But here's what I know. Every single one of you, God is asking you to take a next step. I know that. How do I know that? Because your spiritual journey is never meant to be stagnant. It's never meant to be just here and that's it. You're always called to becoming more like Christ and you're always called to be moving toward God, right? That's the call. So the question becomes, what is God calling you to do? Now, let's go back to the Bible. Here's what it said. Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, verse 28. For which of you desiring to build a tower? So the question is, what's the tower? And then here's what he says. Does not first sit down and count the cost. The second point is this. After you understand where the destination is, where God is calling you to go, the second is that you're gonna to have to count the cost. It's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost me something to actually follow this spiritual step. You see, if I decide that God is calling me to more prayer or more Bible reading, you know what that means? I have to rearrange my schedule. Watch this. I have to rearrange my schedule so that I can actually put prayer time in. I have to rearrange my schedule. It's going to cost me something. It might even, ready for this? It might even cost me TV time. 
right? It might cost me something. It's going to cost you something to rearrange. Now, here's why I know it's going to cost you something. Because every time you try to do something new, it hurts. We don't like it. We don't like doing something new because we feel uncomfortable with it. And so here's what happens. For the most part, when we try to do something new, we don't last very long. As a matter of fact, that same journal, here's what I found. In the same journal, they studied, they said of people who made the resolutions, they made their goals, in the first week, 75% are still doing at the end of first week. That means 25% already stop after the first week. Oops. After the second week, it drops down to 71%. So only 4% drop there. After one month, it drops to 64%. And then it goes all the way down six months. Only 46% are still on track with their new goal. That's a pretty big drop, isn't it? So here's the question. How do we actually understand it's going to cost me something, rearrange my life? How do we understand it? And here's the next part. Here's what it says. Count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it, verse 29. Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation, he's not able to finish. The key is the foundation. How am I going to lay the foundation so that I can actually see this thing accomplished? Because you don't want to begin and then it all begins to fall. We've all seen foundations that are poor. You've seen the leaning tower of Pisa over in Italy, leaning, poor foundation, poor soil. You gotta get the foundation correct. So how do we get the foundation correct so that we can actually see the goal happen? Because here's what we want. I don't want you just to change for the sake of change. This is not self-help. This is something more than that. Why? Because this is about you and God. This is beyond self-help. This is you and God and what God is calling you to do this year. So here's the question. How do we change this? The foundation has to begin to come in where you understand, first of all, this is your journey. I can't do it for my wife and she can't do it for me. I can't do it for my kids and my kids can't do it for me. This last semester, as I was discipling my daughter, we were sitting at Starbucks and as we were talking through, she's in seventh grade now, and so as we're talking through some different things, there was a moment where we sat there and as we talked... I just simply said, babe, here's the deal. I don't want you to follow Jesus because daddy's a pastor. I don't want you to even really want to come to church because daddy's a pastor. I don't want you just reading the Bible because daddy asked you to. At some point during this journey here, as we talk, as we spend the time over the next few months, here's my prayer. My prayer is that it becomes a passion for Abby not a passion for daddy. See, your spiritual life, your spiritual journey, what God's calling, you first need to understand your foundation. Ladies, you can't do it for your husband and your husband can't do it for you. You can't depend on your grandparents and what your grandparents have been doing. There have been so many times when I've done funerals where the kids are sitting back and going, man, I'm, I'm so good. This is, my life is doing well because of my grandmother's prayer. Who's gonna pray for us now now that grandma's dead? You're supposed to be praying for yourself. You need to be learning how to do this. It's your spiritual journey. Are you following me? So here's what I want to make sure you understand. The foundation starts first by you understanding this is your thing between you and God. I can't do it for you. If I could, I would. Two, 
Part of the foundation is this, is learning to invite others in to the process. Have you ever seen the, the show or maybe you've seen the commercials for Biggest Loser? Have you seen that? Not, not like you're a loser, but the people who are losing weight. Like Biggest Loser? Okay, you follow me? Uh, there's, there's, two, there's two coaches on there, Bob and Julian. And both of them, they're, they're not kind and passive people. They're loud. They scream. They get in people's face. Have you seen the commercials where they're yelling and screaming at people? Why do we need that? Why do we need people yelling and screaming at us and encouraging us to do more? Because as adults, you ready? As adults, we will not change unless we hurt enough to change. And even when we hurt enough to change, watch this, we still don't want to change. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, your health is poor and you need to change the way you're eating. You need to exercise and what begins, okay, yes, yes. And after one week, we hurt, we feel bad, but in one week, we have all the same temptations and we don't want to change the way we're eating or exercising. Why? Even though we hurt enough, we need somebody yelling at us, helping us get going, right? We need the accountability. We need the structure. So as God calls in my life and says, Heath, you need to grow in this area. One of the things that I have learned is this. Even though I have great determination, even though I have great planning skills, even though I can plan down to the detail and I can even lay out the structure, here's what I need. I need somebody else to come alongside me, to encourage me, to say, keep up the work, you're doing a good job. I need somebody to challenge me saying, how are you doing? And the Bible calls us to this, doesn't it? To spur each other on to good works, to aggravate each other onto good works. You need it, I need it. Here's one of the greatest things that we have as a church to offer. When you get into a home group or when you get into a Sunday school or you get into a ladies' Bible study or a men's Bible study, when you get into a smaller group, Here's what begins to happen. It should be more than food. It should be more than just coming together and seeing your buddies. It should be a point in time in which you begin to ask each other how they're doing spiritually and you begin to push them to how are you doing on your goal? Does that make sense? That's what should be happening in smaller groups where we're pushing each other to say, how are you doing on your goal? You set a goal. How can I come alongside you and help you walk through it? So here's where we're at. It's now... The end. And in order to end a little different, here's what I want us to do. I want you to take out that sheet one more time. I want you to begin looking through it. I want you to identify, even if it's not on the sheet, if it's not on the sheet, I want you to identify. Here's the area I know God is already working. The good, good probability is that you've already been working on this. You've already been thinking about it. But I want you to clearly identify what is God wanting to work in your life on this year? And let me give you this. Let's just shorten it. Instead of saying it's a year, let's just go for one month. Because at the end of one month, the stats already show that we're beginning to wane already. So let's go for one month right now. Let's go one month and say, okay, in the next month, what is God calling me to? Maybe it's for you. Maybe it is to give 5% or 10% this, this next month. And you're just gonna try it out and you're gonna test God. Okay, God, if I'm faithful, let's see how you, if you can bless and help me on my finances. Maybe for some of you, it's to read the Bible. And you say, okay, this month, I'm gonna read the Bible. I'm gonna read the Bible five times a week. 
and I'm just going to get in the Bible. Maybe I'm going to pray three times with my family this week. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to do that three times a week. Set your goal. Set it right now. What's the area that God's calling you to? Now, here's what I'm going to ask you. Take the connection card, and on the back of the connection card, would you write it? Why am I asking you to write it on the connection card? Because here's what I'm wanting to do. As a pastor, I know where God's working in my heart. I also know what God is beginning to work on my heart for the church. But I want to know as a whole, what is God working on as a whole as our, of a church? If there comes back several, the majority are in a certain area, I want to make sure that I speak on that and I want to make sure that I help give you resources to help you move forward in that. So would you take on the back, I want to see where God is moving in our church. What is the goal? What is the thing? Just the one for one month. What is the main area? You can just write the main area. This is what God is wanting to work in my life in. So would you write that on the connection card? All right, so you've written it down. In just a moment, when the offering plates are passed, I'm gonna ask that you put them in. Now, here's the deal. I'm not gonna call you up and ask you how you're doing on the commitment. That's not what I'm doing. We just wanna walk through it. We just wanna see it. And I want to be able to know as a church what God's doing. I believe God is working here and he's wanting to do some things in our life and I wanna walk through that, all right? Now, here's how we're gonna conclude. Because we are a church, God has called this church to be a house of prayer. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray that God helps us. And here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do not only that God helps us, I want you to pray for the person sitting next to you on each side. There's a good chance you don't know who's sitting next to you. There's a good chance that they might even be across the aisle and you don't know them. God wants to work in their life. You don't know what's happening. You don't even know what's going on in their life. But I'm going to ask that you pray for the person next to you. There are some people in here who need encouragement. I pray that you would ask for God to work in their life and encourage them to strengthen them on their spiritual walk today. There are people who are hurting today and you might not even know it. So there are some people who are hurting and you do know it and you know what's going on. I'm gonna ask that we pray for them right now. We're gonna pray that this next month that God helps each of us to take the spiritual step that God's calling us to